Elijah, we talked on the last episode, as we were recording on this Friday night, about how the Colts would not beat the Broncos on Thursday night football. And you told yes. me at the end Dude, of the I episode, told you. What did I tell you about the scoring? Well, low, first of all. I, think I the, told the, you it was going to be a field goal frenzy. I think I predicted seven field goals, but I got the winner wrong. Well, and it and it and it was eight field goals. No, it was twelve plus nine is is twenty one. Twenty one is seven. three times seven. Seven field goals. Yes. So remember, you... remember math. No, I was told there would be no math. Well, it's football, baby, and you know about math and football. They're well, like best friends or something. True. So. Welcome to the Jew Point Conversion. This is the first time that me and Elijah have spoken following a Thursday night football game, and we're doing it live. So hi. Hello. And it was usually it's uh you know, usually we do a mini soap for these episodes, but uh it's nice that we actually have an opportunity to do this. Yeah, it is, and such a fitting way for it to happen with the Colts beating the Broncos last night, as you alluded to, twelve to nine in overtime. Uh, some some of some of the weirdest things I've ever seen in a football game. Can I can I just say that first of all? Uh, yeah, that was that was a fun that was a strange game. I, yeah. I loved it. I thought it was so much fun. But that is a very unpopular opinion. It was awful. It was literally one of the worst football games I've ever seen in my entire life. But hey, but your team won though. I I I, I don't know how. I you I know can... what you call the kid who graduates with his uh his his uh PhD. But like at the bottom of his class, a graduate and a doctor. Doctor, you call him doctor. Well, a win it, is a win, Noah Friedman. It's kind of like C's getting degrees, right? Yeah, like, pretty much. But hey, I mean, like you you win a game on the road against what's supposed to be a tough Denver opponent. You take that no matter what it looks like. I mean, first, football is beautiful football. First of all, I picked the Broncos in the preseason to win the AFC West. I, I look so dumb right now. Second, yeah, you're not the only one. It was a it was a popular pick. Secondly, I did not think there could be a worse offense than what the Colts had displayed through four weeks, and then here they are playing the Broncos, who have a worse offense. I I don't get it. Like they they literally have a future Hall of Famer at quarterback. They play in altitude. They have weapons galore on offense. They have a pretty solid defense if you look at it on paper. And yet somehow the game was 12 to nine. They are very out of sync. Let me tell you that much like that, that Broncos offense, like they just don't look like their communication is good at all. And, you know, I'm not like making that an excuse necessarily, but I think that is an explanation for why they just haven't been playing well, like just straight up that like they're not communicating. They're not, um, you know, like, like it seems like Russ is throwing behind guys throwing ahead of guys and it's just like they're just not on the same page and that that's a problem you're not going to win a lot of games that way not in this league and um i do think i i still i don't i don't know man do you think russ is washed because i don't I, I think he's just you know had some bad games having a rough adjustment period but he's still a great football player he didn't look like a great football player last night and no he looked terrible but he looked like a great football player the past what like 10 years yeah i mean Listen, like I said, future Hall of Famer, dude is literally going to get all the sunshine in the world. But when you have a system that Nathaniel Hackett's been running and you literally hire a coach midseason, Jerry Roseburg, 
to basically run your management, right? Like your clock management right. and like basically be another pair of eyes and but get paid to do it. And you put on a performance like that against the Colts defense that is struggling against the Colts offensive line that is literally getting shuffled as the game is going along. And you yeah. somehow lose. This, this says more to me about Denver than about Indianapolis. Oh, because, completely. Like it, it, it just goes to show what football is and what the NFL can do on any given night. Because also, it, I mean, head coach looks in over his head. Let's be real. Yeah, it's it's like we're trying to figure out the identity of both both of these teams, and we've we still haven't done that. I mean, we still haven't come to a conclusion on that after this game. But I think the most fitting thing to me was: Do you remember when we talked a couple nights ago about which player I thought Denver needed to get going? Yes, uh, it was um, Ken Hamler, right? KJ, KJ Hamler. Hamler. Yes. Yes. And and fast forward all the way to the end of the game in overtime. With under five minutes to go, the Broncos driving in the red zone, deep in Colts territory. Russell Wilson on fourth down, tries to go for just an awful option in double coverage. And instead, yeah, could have hit KJ Hamler on a slit, an easy slant route on the right side of the field. And it, it, it was so fitting because they, they showed it at the end of the game. Hamler taking his helmet off and banging it on the turf because he was just so pissed that his quarterback could not see that he was so wide open. Right, you know, it's hard to blame a quarterback for that though, because it's one of those things where you don't know what his progression is. Yeah, the guy might have been wide open, but like, if his eyes are somewhere else, that could be because that's what the play tells him to do. And right now, we're watching Russell Wilson under a microscope because of how bad he's been since going to Denver. So it's like, you know, this when compared to all the other poor plays he's made throughout the past, you know, few weeks, it's just like, you know, we're we're gonna we're gonna be harder on him than we usually would be. But also, like, I mean, yeah, Hamler had a right to be mad. He was open, right? Like, yeah. you know, you, you throw it to the open guy. But that being said, I don't know, man. It's just like, like I said, you, we don't know what the progression was. If you want to break it down by X's and O's, sure. But if you want to look at it from a broader scale, the Broncos lost Javante Williams last week to an ACL injury. That right. went to show that Melvin Gordon is not reliable as – the feature back number one number two these two teams basically mirrored each other throughout the game it was shown by the score of course the game went to overtime and right. like neither team could get the ball going on the ground neither team could even get the ball down the field i i don't even know i might have seen one play of maybe like 30 yards in the air yeah like the entire game yeah it was it was old football and it was just like it, it looked like you know, I mean, Peyton Manning, quarterback for both these teams, he didn't have many clunkers quite like this. Um, I mean, he had a, his fair share, but like this was this was just like, you know, even even Big Manis missed a kick, so he scored all the team's points, which is, you know, he scored nine, he scored nine points, which uh, yeah, all the team's points, but uh, you know, he missed a big one at the end of regulation there, uh, towards the end of regulation, could have could have been enough to beat uh, beat the Colts, but. He, I don't know, man. I, I mean, no one really had a good game on either team, but I enjoyed that. I love sloppy football. Sloppy football is fun football. McManus had that block kick too, so oh, it was blocked. That's right. Yeah, it was it was blocked. So right. it wasn't all on him. I would say. Oh, not He's, at all. Dude's literally still. the longest tenured player on that team. So yeah. 
like he's been there a minute, that's for sure. Yeah, exactly. But I loved what Kirk Herbstreet said as the game went. To, first of all, the Amazon broadcast was hilarious because Al Michaels was just having none of it. Like he dropped oh, Al the, Michaels is Al Michaels is very funny. The go. So yes, a couple of Arizona State uh, featured players in that one with Al Michaels calling the game. Matt Hawk, Colts punter, just absolutely doing his thing. Um, Al Michaels basically said that this game on the field was basically like watching your fifth rated CBS game on a Sunday, which I thought was hilarious. Like such a great dig. First of all, that that is really funny. Secondly, Kirk Herbstreet essentially echoed what you had mentioned on the last episode we talked about, which was this is the Manning bowl, obviously Colts against Broncos, the two teams that Peyton Manning played for throughout his illustrious career, uh, four years in Denver, 14 with Colts. Uh, Kirk basically said, Hey, let's, have Peyton Manning trot out to overtime in the 18 jersey and let's have Elway suit up for the Broncos in his seven and see what oh they my do. god can you imagine honestly how much fun would that be I know it's a joke but like that would be so friggin hilarious I, I think it would be the baseball equivalent to a home run derby to determine x rating yeah pretty much well yeah I mean honestly who would have won who do you think would have won I mean, if it was Peyton Manning and the Colts as they are now against John Elway and the Broncos as they are now? Yeah. I, I would probably take the Broncos only because of the offensive line. That's a fair point. Because because point. the Colts offensive line literally I, – I, Ryan Kelly left the game yesterday. Um, they had a, a couple of key players slotted in who had absolutely no playing experience, including Bernard Raymond, the left tackle rookie from uh, Central Michigan. And they literally showed – do, do, you, do you know the sports term libero? Have you ever heard that term before? Uh, I don't think I have. What does okay, that well, refer to? Well, it, it's it's a position player in volleyball. That's a libero. That's the player who wears that uh, off-colored jersey whenever you, you see the 11 on the, on the court. Um, but a libero in sports media and sports television is when you basically show a graphic of a player and then, like, a bunch of different highlights, like, in-game. So, so, so they showed... Uh, so Sunday Night Football does it all the time with like what Chris Collinsworth analyzes throughout the game, but like they did last night a libero of Bernard Raymond and him getting absolutely messed up by Bradley Chubb and all the edge rushers for the Denver Broncos. Oh, right, right. They kind of they, they do that sometimes with like uh the, the one that comes to mind is Larry uh yeah Larry Allen abusing a player on the Colts years ago where he was just like you know they they kept on pulling Larry Allen they just kept you know and he was just crushing this nose guard this poor nose guard that's a liber i see i see what you're talking about mm -hmm. um and that's yeah you know as an offensive lineman you never want to be singled out like that that's for sure no especially on national tv when well i'm sure quentin nelson's embarrassed about that too you know he anchors that line he does but when he's the only guy that you can recognize on the o-line like <laughs> hello well no, that's not a bad thing you know like there should be one recognizable player on every offensive line more is great but like as long as there's one, I think that is what matters. But, like, you don't want people to be recognized for the wrong reasons. Like this um, – I, I already can't remember his name, but the player you were talking Bernard about. Bernard Raymond. Raymond, right, right. Yeah, that – I mean, listen, you can't fault the kid completely because he's getting thrown into the fire because Colts are just dropping like flies. I mean, every both teams had just significant injuries. I mean, just thinking about what the Broncos have had to go through on – their defensive side they have randy gregory who has been known to be a very good football player and not necessarily a good human being off the field um he's currently on the team and he's an injured reserve baron browning 
their backup, uh, he had to leave the game in a very critical time after recording six tackles and, and a sack as well. Like, the Broncos have been very beaten up this season. The Colts, on the other hand, same thing. So both these teams are basically – it's basically like a game of, like, whatever your family's turkey bowl is – and like you have like all the old people on the field and they're trying to like do their thing. That's basically what we saw last night. My time. grandma is a really, really good left tackle. I did not know that. I, I made that up. But yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. It, it did feel like a patchwork game, but hey, no, I, guess what though? Guess what? The Colts won. Fun. Y'all, y'all escaped Denver with a W. And that's all you could ask for. I still I wonder when we're gonna get to see Nick Foles. Uh, probably never because I, 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 I'm pretty sure Sam Ellinger is ahead of him on the depth chart. Why? How many Super Bowls has Sam Ellinger won? Uh, he's, he's won the Sugar Bowl. I think it's Nick Foles season. I honestly think it's Nick Foles season in Indianapolis. I will advocate for that. I think he solves a lot of their problems. I mean, he already beat Matt Ryan in a playoff game. Doesn't that mean he's inherently better? No, but... I still think he's better at this point in their career. I think he's a better option for them. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, Matt Ryan ain't it. I'm sorry. He's not it. I, I just, I can't see a situation where he figures it out at this point in his career. I mean, he's had a good career, but at this point, I mean, he's done. He's just done. Yeah. And like you said, time will tell, but the big thing that the Colts have to do is get Jonathan Taylor back because he was out. And yet yep. somehow the Colts escaped with the win. Deion Jackson filled in very well. I really wish I would have seen the Philip Lindsay game, but he kind of had himself a dud of a game against his uh, hometown team. And I, I, I truly wish that he would have gotten himself going. Naheem Hines got hurt on the second play of the game. Another reason why the Colts were banged up, right? Like, Oh, yeah. Oh, that's that's something that we... Yeah, that, that, that team is now. just like, like... That team is just... They're, they're just a mess, dude. They yeah. are they are, for lack of a better term, a cluster fork. Yeah. I just quote the good place every time you can. Uh, also, one of the key plays that we haven't mentioned yet was the Stefan Gilmore interception at the end of regulation or towards the end of regulation. Um, oh yeah, Stefan still got it. He, he, even though we didn't necessarily say that the other night, but um he ended up undercutting a route that was run by Tyree Cleveland who was only in the game because the previous play, Cortland Sutton, their leading receiver, had been out due to injury. Right, right, right. So, like... Tyree Cleveland, I remember point. him in college. I don't remember when. Cortland Sutton? No, uh, Cleveland. Tyree Cleveland? I remember him in college. I don't remember where he went, but he I remember the name. Was he a Gator? I, 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 I think... I'm pretty sure he went to Florida. Yes, he did He did go to Florida. I was right. Oh, yeah. smart guy. Ooh. Hey, Noah. I pulled that out of my ass. You're welcome. More like nay, Coltwin. <laughs> oh yeah, okay, fine, fair. Yeah, well, well, congratulations, dude. I mean, I know neither of us thought y'all would get a win, but y'all got a win, so you should feel very happy right now. I mean, I, 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 I would like the Colts to be in a good position to draft a quarterback in 2023. So this doesn't necessarily well, I mean, help. I know, but... Look, I know suck for luck went pretty well, but like, look, there's Bryce Young. I don't know how Stroud is going to be, but I mean, look, celebrate your team when they're good, man. Like, enjoy it, embrace it. Well, they're not. They're not. You good. know how much I, I would love for I would love for the Bears to be as good as the Colts are. 
I think the Bears could be as good as the Colts are. I don't know about that, man. I would love to see the Bears and the Colts play. Unfortunately, they don't get to do it this season. But Not unless they meet in the Super Bowl for a rematch. I mean, hey, if that happens, we can do it. I mean, that would be be great. We can do it. I mean, we'd both be very – We'd both be very happy that our team got there, uh, but that would be a t- that would be that would be tough. We would both have to go. Like I would have to leave my job at Fox. I would have to quit right before the Super Bowl. Oh, we so would I absolutely have. We would absolutely have to go to that and, game. Yeah, me, me, and you would have to like post up in the most expensive hotel in Greater Phoenix. We we and, would need to be in debt for the rest of our lives yeah. from going to this game. Yeah, we and we can somehow like maybe we can break in and like see Rihanna. Cause that'd be pretty cool. Cause I don't know if we said this. She's doing the Super Bowl. Oh yeah, that's right. Good for Rihanna. Yeah, we we didn't mention that Rihanna's doing the Super Bowl, which is pretty cool. It is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, uh, Super Bowl uh, fifty seven in Glendale, Arizona, uh, on Fox. Ha ha. Plug. Uh, <laughs> bum 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 bum. Yes. Thank you very much. Wait, um, I I think we've uh, squeezed the. Uh, Juice out of the orange, plenty enough about Thursday night football. I don't know how we've talked about Thursday night football for almost twenty minutes because it was just god awful. Except in your case, you loved it because you always love low scoring games. I love look. It wasn't the game wasn't decided until the last possible second. I can't complain about a game that's not decided until the last possible second. I just I I like. Why, why why do you watch the game? You watch the game because it's exciting. And just because it's low scoring, it doesn't mean it's low in excitement. It doesn't mean, look, like I would much rather a game end 12 to 9 than a game end like 38 to 21. Just because the 38 to 21 game has a lot of offense, it doesn't mean it's a good game. You know, it means that, you know, one team was superior to the other most of the time. This game... Neither team was superior. They were just playing very poorly all over the field. And it resulted in a game that was, you know, a walk-off, uh, broken up, broken up pass. You know, Stefan Gilmore making the play at the end. That's that's cool to me. That's fun to me. But you know, I know I'm in the minority there. No, I mean, hey, when you explain it like that, you are you you are taking your stump and you are projecting your crucible. So pro- props that's to you. Good word. You- Props to you because you spun that to make it seem like it was a good game. So good. I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I I legitimately. So following the the game, they have their post game show on Amazon Prime, which features Carissa Thompson, Tony Gonzalez, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Andrew Whitworth and Richard Sherman. And Tony and and Fitzpatrick. Literally, I think all of America, whoever tuned into the post game show was yelling at the TV because Fitzpatrick literally said this game deserved overtime. And everyone was like, no. Yeah, I think he was right. I mean, it absolutely deserved overtime. And honestly, I think it deserved to be a tie. You know, I don't think either team really deserved to come out victorious. No. But then I realized, wait, actually, that's not true because the Colts scored more points than the Broncos, and so therefore the Colts deserve to win. I I, I don't understand. I just I, – I, I, I don't know what that game was. That game was an experience. It was literally a cleanse of, like, all the bad. It it was like the Yom Kippur of games. Where Which is convenient because we recently had Yom Kippur. Yes, we did. Um, shout out, shout out, Adonai. Yes, on the Jew point conversion. Shout out, Adonai. Uh, you know it. Elijah, we have some games to preview because we're doing this. And even though it's 
48 hours before kickoff, actually even less than that, because the first game I want to talk about is happening in London, England, and it's the second straight week that we have a London series game, and it features the team that you hate the most in the entire history of sports, the Green Bay Packers, taking on the New York football giants, both teams coming in at three and one. Uh, Elijah, who do you think will win this game and why? Okay, well, this is where we get like a... An example of a good three and one team and a not so good three and one team. The Packers are going to win thirty eight to fourteen because wow. they have Aaron Rodgers. And that and what that's you all think? you have to say on the matter. Yeah, I mean Packers have Aaron Rodgers, Giants have Daniel Jones. Well, uh, that's and, pretty. That's pretty much. That's that, that's honestly that is about the extent of my analysis. And they and they also might not even have Daniel Jones, um, because oh, he, he has he has his ankle injury. <laughs> So it's gonna be what Tyrod Taylor or Mike? No, Green, because or... I don't I don't know about him either. Um, I'm I'm checking the injury report right now, uh, that the NFL usually sends out on Fridays, and as of right now, the only confirmed outs that are relevant are Tyrod with a concussion, uh, Kadarius Tony with a hamstring, and Aziz Ojolari with a calf, and then Kenny Galladay who's just basically on an island. Um, so reading do... Davis Webb. Might might get a start. Davis Webb is definitely a potential for that. Yeah, I mean, I'm reading uh, AJ McCarron. You know what I want to see? What do you want? What to see? won't happen? I want to see. I want to see our boy Cam Newton. Well, AJ McCarron's a free agent, so that's not happening. Um, well, AJ McCarron's be- wait. You think AJ McCarron's better than Cam Newton? No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, you said AJ McCarron, so I'm just telling you it's right. not going to be AJ McCarron. And- oh, right, right. This is not an AJ McCarron versus Cam Newton debate I'm having with you. Trust me. Oh, fair, um, fair, fair. So that, that that that's a whole that's a whole different. And, and, and also, can I just mention because we're we're talking about the London game, and I don't make my pick in a second, but Latavius Murray, who was with the New Orleans Saints this past Sunday, scored a touchdown, and the team obviously lost, but he was downgraded back to the practice squad of the Saints, and then signed to the Broncos active roster, and he was in Denver. On Thursday night. So he scored the touchdown in London and within the next four days traveled to Denver um, and was able to watch his new team compete, which I think is just awesome. So that is pretty cool. That's that. I will say that is pretty cool. That's my rabbit hole. Um, Elijah, based off of your analysis and the injury report, I don't think the Giants are going to be at full strength. And I don't know who's going to start at quarterback. Um, Davis Webb has started in the NFL before, but. It's kind of like one of those Cooper Rush scenarios where you just don't know because of the small sample size. Right. So, and, and the Packers defense is probably just too good and too overwhelming. I don't care how healthy Saquon Barkley is, but I could see Saquon Barkley running all over the Packers, but I don't think it would be enough. So I, yeah. And, and, and each week we always rag on the fact that Aaron Rodgers doesn't have a target to throw to because He's got Alan Romeo Dobbs is pretty damn good, my friend. R- Romeo Dobbs is like slowly but surely getting better each week. Uh, his Nevada Wolfpack are playing right now on national TV on FS1 against Colorado State. Um, I'm going to take the Packers too. I'll be safe on it. I'll say Packers 27, Giants 17. 27, 17? 27, 17. All right. I think it's going to be a lot less close than that, but we will see. I mean, t- uh, 10, points, 10 points in the NFL is a pretty – I mean, like, look at the look at betting. No, given the parity this year, yeah. What's the line? It's probably like minus seven for Green Bay. I I, I don't bet, so I can't. I 
it always changes too. It always fluctuates. Right, right, right. I always am seeing people say, Hey, I grabbed the line at this. I grabbed it at that. I'm just like, Whoa, that's so confusing. I can't do this. Uh, all right. So let's, let, let, let's talk stateside. Let's talk a team that is go- going in a very different direction from the team that they're going to be playing. The Pittsburgh Steelers and Kenny Pickett who will be making his first career start. The bills are going to smoke bills. Uh, and Josh Allen, who has made many starts. I think I know where you're going with this one, Elijah. But well, yeah, the the Bills are going to smoke them. It's going to be like, I, I just I don't like the Steelers' offense very much at all. The Bills, you know, like of course they're starting Kenny Pickett, you know, in, in the probably the hardest game imaginable. I, I think you know, like they're going to be behind. I just you know Buffalo's the superior team. I think they're going to win this one by the score of twenty-seven to ten, kind of a blowout. Watch Pittsburgh somehow win this game. If they do, I'm selling all my Trubisky stock, all of it. Wow. Okay. All right. We're we're like you will not say another good word about Trubisky ever again. Or no, you- I didn't say that. <laughs> um, but no, I. I mean, I just I don't know, man. I just. Like, I would be very, very shocked if the problem for Pittsburgh was quarterback. I mean, look, Pittsburgh could win, like, 10-7, right? And then it won't be – if Kenny Pickett just lights him up, then, yeah, I'm selling my Trubisky stock. <laughs> I just don't think that's going to happen. I mean, I, I agree with you. I, I'm just trying to, like, get you to say more words because I just find it hilarious. But that's fair. I, I, I'll take Buffalo, too. I, I, I think just another, another safe pick. I'll say Buffalo wins – uh, 30 to 14. All How right. All that? right. Is that 16 point differential good enough for you? Is that good? Yeah, no, that's, that's, I mean, I hope Is it's that realistic. It's it sounds, sounds pretty realistic to me. All right. Uh, moving on LA chargers going to Cleveland, take on the Browns. Both teams are at two and two. Uh, what's the word on miles Garrett? Uh, I can go back and look at the injury report, but I would guess that he's not playing. I mean, the NFL. To me, that's always... the difference. Yeah. Uh, let's see. He's listed on the injury report with a shoulder and biceps injury. Um, same thing Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then they don't. They did not practice on that day, so they don't release anything until around game time. So I. I would just say because he was on the injury report all three days that he's not playing. I'm going to guess, yeah, and if he is, he's probably going to be limited. And Bosa's not back yet? No, Bosa's on injured reserve, so he's missing at least another couple games. I am going to take the Chargers to win this one. I just think they're more talented. Uh, I think that they're, like, this is what separates. I think the Chargers are pretty, like, the Jaguars game was a good early wake-up call, and I think that they're going to set themselves apart from the rest of the league in the next coming weeks. I take the Chargers to win in an exciting game, 27-21. to 21. I really want to pick the Chargers just because they've, they they might be figuring it out now. But I'm taking Cleveland. I think Cleveland's going to play angry because they were, they were supposed to win last week against Atlanta, and they didn't. So, well, you never, you never doubt never doubt the mighty Atlanta Falcons. Well, yeah, that's true. We'll get to them in a little bit. But I, I – I don't know. I, I, I want to pick against the Chargers, and I want to pick the Browns because they're going to play angry, and they're at home. I'm picking Cleveland. And if I can go and look at the weather report, just because I, I watched the Guardians play earlier today, and it looked really just nasty. 
Um, yeah. Which, by the way, that that game was pretty good. Um, 15, oh yeah, I saw it was uh, two two to one, right? Yeah, it was two one. I mean, a perfect baseball game, honestly. And I think it went by super fast. It was like the it was like the fastest game in MLB postseason history since nineteen ninety nine. Oh, nice. two hours and seventeen minutes. Hmm. I, I'll oh, take it. There's your there's your fun fact. Uh, Cleveland weather's looking pretty good. Sixty three degrees uh, as a high, fifty as a low. So weather probably will not factor in. Even oh no, you know what? Wind sixteen miles an hour, and Dustin Hopkins is on the injury report. Chargers kicker Hopkins. Yes, that's not good. Chargers need to kick. Yes, Chargers do need to kick. So what'd you say? Twenty seven, twenty four. Uh, yes. I'll take Cleveland twenty seven, twenty four. How's that? Or I said 27-21. Oh, 27-21? Um, okay. But well, now that I know the kicker's injured, I'm going to say 28-24. I think that's going to influence the Chargers to go for it at one point, and they will get it. So 28-24 Chargers, I'm saying. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll say 27-24 Cleveland. How's that? Uh, all right. Works for me. AFC South, you proclaimed it. Worst division in football. They're uh, having two teams play against one another. The Texans and the Jaguars from – Jacksonville. Who you got there? Oh, I got the Jaguars winning against the Texans. Uh, I think the Jags will be pretty good at home. And the Texans just aren't very good yet. Uh, I think it'll be a good game because the Texans are pretty good at hanging around. But the difference will be Trevor Lawrence. I say the Jaguars win 18-15. to Oh, unique score. Okay, unique so you, score, have it as yes. a, you have it as a field goal win. I'll say it's a touchdown win for Jacksonville. 21 Okay. I, I'd buy I, it. Like, I mean, Jacksonville's offense is awesome. Like, just thinking about who they have on their – like, we we made fun of them. I'm not sure if you did specifically, but I definitely made fun of them for spending hundreds of millions of dollars in free agency on just, like, the most random players on offense. But Christian Kurtz has been working out pretty good. Zay Jones is not a bad wide receiver, and they got Travis Etienne back. And him paired with James Robinson in the backfield is pretty great for a second-year quarterback in Trevor Lawrence to flourish with a Doug Peterson offense. So. Yeah, honestly, I, I never really quite understood the hate for Christian Kirk. I mean, I know he wasn't the best wide receiver on the market, but he's a good player, solid player. And, you know, the big thing is, can, can they establish consistent chemistry with Trevor Lawrence? And if they can, like Lawrence and Zay Jones and, and all these guys, if they can, then – I mean, they'll be pretty good. They're going to be a good team. I mean, I specifically love Christian Kirk because he's from Arizona, and he should have gone to Arizona State, then ended up going to Texas A and M. I'll just keep saying that. I'm a broken record on that front. So that's but fair. You're, I don't blame you. He's definitely making his money this season. Let me tell you that. So good for him, uh, and good for the good Jaguars for too. Honestly, even as a Colts fan, I I have to say the Jaguars last season you you couldn't have felt worse for them. So for them to see this turnaround and to potentially get over 500 for the first time in a really long time. It's going to be pretty awesome. I'll, I'll say that. So, uh, all right. So we're both in agreement on Jacksonville. Let's talk yes, about sir. what I said. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Let's talk about your bears. They're taking on the Vikings in Minneapolis on the road. Uh, do, do, we ha- do we have to? Well, I mean, it's on the schedule, so yeah. it's either that or okay. We're going to lose this game. It's not going to be pretty. I mean, I think the Bears, I think it'll be a little better than some people might think, but not much. I I mean, I don't know how the Bears in their young secondary is going to be able to handle the dynamic duo of Jefferson and Thielen. I like Minnesota to win this one. 
like 28-20. Okay. All right. All right. Um, Bears will hang around. Get, they'll get some points. They'll get some stupid points. I'm taking Chicago. What? Yeah. I'm, ta- I'm taking the Bears. Really? Oh, yeah. man. I hope you're right. I hope you are so right now, so, Freeman. Let me, let, me, let me tell you why. The Minnesota Vikings are coming back from London, right? So their body clocks may be off, depending on how well you adjust back to America. Oh, uh, come on. That's number one. Number okay. two, they like blood, sweat, and tears to beat the Saints. Like literally, a double doink field goal from sixty-one yards out, they would have been playing. That's that's a good point. The Saints really like the Saints roughed them up pretty good. Tyron like, Matthew, that interception, like that could that that could be like uh, one of those that like influences their whole season. So like, you know, we'll see. Just think about it. Who do you have in house now as the head coach and defensive play caller? Matt Eberflus. You don't have Matt Nagy anymore. You don't have to worry about. I mean, you calling to worry screens about at the, the like, calling screens on third and one and whatnot. Yeah, calling like triple reverse halfback option toss back to JP Holtz on second and two. Yeah, no, believe me. I'm very, very glad that Matt Nagy is not involved with the Chicago bears right now. But Iberflus and his entire coaching staff have a ton of tape on how the Vikings might go down. And if he can get his best players, especially on defense to attack Kirk cousins and force him to throw the ball under pressure, like the Bears have a real shot, I'm telling you. Like it, it's, you're not it, wrong. You're not wrong. We do. I, I think we have a shot too, based on everything you're saying. You know, like Eberflus is a very smart defensive strategist. I think he, you know, like like everything you're saying. Like he knows where to put guys in a position to succeed. And the Bears have been more disciplined on defense this year than any years under Nagy. So yes, you have a point, and I could see where you could be right. So yeah. I'm I'm excited to see how Eddie Jackson does just patrolling the field against the Jeffersons and the Feelings of the world because he's 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 the key for me. He's the key for me every week, but specifically this week when you have multiple targets that you're supposed to watch out for as a safety. Literally, what are the what do what does every quarterback look at on the field first? They look at where the safeties are. Right. right. So just just thinking about that dynamic of a player. I think that's going to put some fear in Kirk Cousins. And that's why I think the Bears are going to go on the road and take the victory. 27-25. Put them in. Interesting score. Hope you're right. Also, I just got to say, that's like, that's like, um, what was I going to say? Eddie Jackson's been really good this year. And regardless of how, regardless of whether or not the Bears win this game, well, I guess if we win this game, it'll change things. But if we lose, and then we, you know, lose as much as we're supposed to. I could see a situation where the Bears are dealing Eddie Jackson around the trade deadline, but we'll we'll look more into that when the time comes. Ooh, like a like a Minka Fitzpatrick type to Precisely. Fit. Yeah. Okay. All right. Like you know, listen, I, I can see I I hope for your sake that doesn't happen because I can I Oh, can't. I, I wouldn't mind. I mean, well, and I'd rather win games with him and keep him around, yes. Yes. But exactly. like if if we're gonna be losing, then yeah, trade him while his value is at his highest. That's true. I feel like that that's a very Bill Belichick mentality to do. Just literally use the, use your players until their best days are gone and then deal them for like seventh round picks. Even though sometimes in Belichick's case, <laughs> Rob they are still pretty good. <laughs> cough, cough, JC Jackson, cough, cough, Stefan Gilmore, cough, cough, Chandler Jones. But, you know, who's counting, right? Yeah, it's it's happened in the past. But anyway, all right. So we disagree on that game. Um, Hope you're right. 
Speaking of the Patriots, they play the Lions this week in a uh, intra intra conference matchup, and revenge game for Matt Patricia, baby. Well, first of all, Matt Patricia is literally an is he the offensive coordinator? I think he's the offensive coordinator, which is like insane to think about considering he he, he had he called a great game against Green Bay last week. I gotta credit him for that. The place he was in was very very good. Yeah, but this time the Lions are coming into his house. And the Lions have the highest scoring offense in the entire league, which is yeah, in a like, dome. Did well now they're playing outside in Foxborough. So, do you think that changes things? Is Matt Patricia going to win in his revenge game, Elijah? Nope. Oh yes, yes. Excuse me, he is. Um, I I just think like Goff is really really good at you know running this offense, but this offense is very much designed to win in a dome. So far, they played three home games, and they've scored over um, – what did they score? 35, 36, 45 in those home games. Uh, but then when they went on the road, which is also a dome, to play the Vikings, they only scored 24 points, and they blew two 10-point leads that game. Foxborough, I think, is going to kick their ass. I think Belichick kind of knows Goff's M.O. Uh, see Super Bowl 53 for some examples of that. And I think the Patriots get a win in the win column this week. And I'm going to say it's 23 to 13. So Lions injury report is just off the charts. Insane right now. Uh, no DJ Chark for sure. No DeAndre Swift for sure. Amon Ross St. Brown, who did not play last week, is currently listed as questionable with an ankle injury. This is, of course, we're recording the two-point conversion on a Friday night as opposed to our typical Saturday when the rosters might be updated. Uh, with that all being said, yeah especially considering how close the game was last week between the Patriots and the Packers. I'm going to take new England here, even with their rookie quarterback, uh, Bailey Dappy, who is getting the start again because Mac Jones was ruled out uh, and Brian Hoyer on injured reserve. So yeah, I, I think that the key for the Patriots is going to be their running game. And if Damian Harris can go off against uh, a really young, scrappy Lions defense and, I'll say they do. I think it's going to be a very low-scoring game just because most Patriots games are. I, I think the score is going to be 17 to 10. I, I, I Ooh, think. I like it. Yeah, I'm, I know you like it because it's <laughs> yeah. a low-scoring game. And it's it, it, it's honestly, like, it's two very tough-minded coaches, like Dan Campbell and Bill Belichick. So. But I'll take the Patriots to win, I think, yeah, 17-10. Just, it, it seems right. It seems like it does. That type of game deserves that type of score with those two coaches going toe to toe. So uh, that should be that should be a fun one, and I I know it won't be boring because it'll be like a chess match, so that'll be nice. But in any case, all right, let's move on. Uh, Seahawks and Saints, two teams who historically have been terrible, and then you look at them now, and the Seahawks are basically a mid team. And then the saints somehow are one and three, but the big thing with the saints is that James Winston's not starting for the second week in a row. So Andy Dalton's getting the start at home this time against Seattle. Yeah. You know, this is one of those like, Oh man, this game very much could go either way. Um, I uh, last year's was very interesting. DK Metcalf scored early. Uh, and then Lattimore pretty much shut him down the rest of the way by like kind of getting in his getting in his head. Uh, last year, I think also Jameis Winston played 
I think this time around, I like the Saints to win at home. I think they bounce back from that sad loss. Last year, the Saints did win in Seattle. Um, you know, Geno Smith's playing really well, uh, but it's hard to win in the Superdome. And for that reason, I think the home field advantage makes all the difference. I like the Saints to win 16 to 13 in another low scoring affair. Good game. Uh, Michael Thomas out with a foot injury. PJ Williams, a very good defensive back for the Saints, also out with a quadricep injury. As mentioned, Jameis Winston listed as doubtful. Uh, the biggest screw of everybody's fantasy season so far has been Alvin Kamara, who was not ruled out until very early in the morning hours because the team played in London last week. He's currently on the injury list with a rib, Jarvis Landry ankle, Marcus May with a rib injury, and Andres Pete with a concussion. You know so I changed my pick. All these injuries are too much. I like Seattle to win 16-13. I changed my mind. I changed my mind. I'm allowed to do that. What am I going to do, fire myself? No, you're not. I'm Just do your homework. It's all good. I, I that That's why I was going to take Seattle, too, because Seattle ha- – they un- I mean, they basically have a clean bill of health. The players that are listed on the injury report, like Kenneth Walker, are not instrumental to the success on the field, especially considering your boy Rashad Penny just had a game of a game last week. Um, he did. He really and, did. Yeah, dude balled out. Um, I'm taking Seattle, too, on the road. I, 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 I'm not necessarily confident about it because of what you said about how it's really hard to win in the Superdome. It always is hard to win in the Superdome. But when you have such Pete, a – Pete Carroll's a damn good coach, I'll tell you that much. I love Pete Carroll so much. I, I'm 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 taking Seattle too. I think it'll be low scoring. Uh, I'll say, I'll say 1916. Makes sense. I, I like mean, it. But but it seems kind of weird to me, given the fact that Rashad Penny went off on the ground and Geno Smith was cooking last week. Um, that they would only score 19 the following week. But the Saints have a much better defense than the Lions. Don't they pretend. Do. They 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 definitely do. I agree with that. But that's. I'm sticking to my principles here. I'll I'll say that's what the score is going to be. Uh, ASC East featuring the Dolphins and the Jets from MetLife in East Rutherford, New Jersey. New Jersey. New Jersey. Um, that should be that should be that'll be interesting. I think Zach Wilson's like means the presence of Zach Wilson means that most Jets games are going to be interesting. Uh, however, this one. You know what? I'm going to take the New York football Jets. Wow. Yeah, I, I, I just honestly, I don't buy into Miami. Not at all. Also, Robert Sala and Mike McDonald were on the same coaching staff in San Francisco. So everything that Mike McDonald is going to throw at Robert Sala, Robert Sala will be prepared for. Uh, and this is in home, at home for the Jets, the Meadowlands. I like them to win 20 to 17. Also, Teddy Bridgewater, good, not great backup. So we'll I, see how that goes. I agree with you on that front. Secondly, Mike McDaniel is a McDaniel. I said McDaniel. You just heard McDonald. That that is what I heard, but that is not what you said. Um, <laughs> I I'm, I'm I'm taking McDaniel, and I think he's just. I'm not trying to say he's a better coach because he's only had what five four games under his belt. Um, but Zach Wilson's also playing hurt. He's got an angle issue, but he's going to play, right? So there's that. But I was talking with one of my coworkers who's a big Miami Dolphins fan, and I picked up both Teddy Bridgewater and Zach Wilson in my fantasy football league. And I was like, hey, man, like they're playing each other. Who do you think I should start? And he's like, start Teddy because 
the Miami Dolphins show a lot of pressure and Zach Wilson on not necessarily the best ankle might not give you that, especially given the fact that he doesn't really have many targets to throw to that are like reliable at this point. Braxton Berrios is like the one guy I can think of. They also have Garrett Wilson, the rookie speedster of Ohio State, who I hope, by the way, has a big game against Miami because they don't necessarily have um, their major players at defensive back at this point. So with that all being said, I'm still taking Mike McDaniel and I'm still taking Teddy B. And I, That's this, I mean, look, they're favored for a reason. I think this one's going to be really fun. I'm going to say Miami 31, New York Jets 27. Ooh, that would be interesting. That, I, would, that, that would be a that would be a high scoring affair. But that's but which that's, I I don't hate high scoring games by the way. I'm just letting you know. I know you don't, but I just prefer it, them low. It's not your preference, exactly. All right, moving on. AFC or NFC South, featuring the Atlanta Falcons. Your boys going to Tampa Bay and taking on the Buccaneers, who suffered a very heartbreaking loss against the Kansas City Chiefs last week. Yeah, I think that Tampa has their number. Mariota just ain't it right now. I think that actually I could see the Desmond Ritter switch happening in this game. Okay. I like Tampa Bay to win 31 to 17. I mentioned how Cleveland is playing angry because they were supposed to beat Atlanta and they didn't. Now right. it's going to be like, hey, Atlanta got the win. Woohoo. Now we're going into Tampa. Oh, shoot. Tampa lost to, you know, Kansas City. Tampa's going to be playing very angry. Yeah. <laughs> Tom is not happy right now, and you don't want to piss off Tom. No, Tom, Tom's Tom's about to rebound. He's about to shoot the divorce rumors out of a cannon. So I'll, I'll take Tampa. I think they're going to win. I really I really hope Atlanta players shit talk Tom about his divorce. But they that, won't because everyone respects him too much, and that's why he's still playing because no one has the balls to hit him. Yeah, and, like, you know that he'll – you know, throw that trash back at everybody for doing it. Oh. He can still hold his own. Oh, he absolutely can hold his own, but still, like, you know, do everything. Like, look, I'm, I'm just so ready. For, like, I don't give a shit about his divorce. I'm ready for him to be done. I thought we were over him. I thought he retired last year, you know? Like, I'm just... I'm I mean, he very, did, but... I know. He he, well, no, he didn't. <laughs> he pretended to. He just wanted, you know, attention or whatnot. I don't know why he did it, but the point is, I'm over Tom Brady. And uh, I still think he's going to win. Hopefully, hopefully, uh, he doesn't do a lot of winning for the rest of the year, though. So we'll see how it, how it goes down. I'm taking Tampa 34 20. I think okay. that's, I think that's realistic. Pretty much similar scores, just field goal difference. Cool. He, he, here's a random ass game to close out the morning slate or afternoon slate, depending on where you live. The Tennessee Titans and Washington Commanders, a game, uh, two teams that nobody really wants to watch right now. I just feel like. There's, there aren't two teams in the NFL that have less to do with each other than the Titans and the Commanders. Like, they are so like, – I just never associate those two teams. Um, but, yeah, I, I got the Titans to win because the Commanders suck. I know it's in Washington. I don't care. Titans win 20-13. to 13. Oh, Dude, I was just thinking 20-13 to 13 Tennessee. Like, here – Here's two teams that are coached by defensive guys, Mike Rabel in Tennessee and Ron Rivera in Washington. Um, two quarterbacks who are just very below average. Uh, King Henry is going to make all the difference in the world if he can just get through the Washington defensive line because they just don't have anybody else. The one thing I'm excited for, though, is Brian Robinson 
who is probably going to be back um, after getting shot. In the after game. getting shot, yeah. That's, yeah, that's he got pretty, shot that's twice. That's pretty crazy. He is very much recovered at this point and should hopefully make his debut with Washington. So I'd be very excited to watch that, but I don't think it's going to make any sort of difference. So I'll take ten. I, you know what? Let's let's agree completely. Tennessee twenty, with me. Washington thirteen. Like cool. I, I, I like it. Um. All right. Afternoon games. Woohoo! Uh, Forty Niners and Panthers from Charlotte. Yikes. <laughs> yeah, the Niners are going to trounce them. Uh, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo will manage the game very well because that's what he does. And I just, I mean, I'm seeing nineteen to six. Wow. Like another another defensive game. You know, okay, fine. I'll give Carolina a touchdown and I'll give the Niners a field goal. Let's say like 22, 22 to uh to 10. 22 to 10. I'll say 30 to 17 49ers. And the only reason why is because the Panthers are gonna get a garbage time touchdown, I think. Uh the question is, do you do we do you think we see Sam okay. Darnold? That makes sense. Like, do we do we see Sam Donald against the 49ers? Like, is Baker going to get benched at some point? I mean, probably, but, like, I don't think that's going to help. Like, I mean, it just seems like a very lateral move at this point. I, I think Baker's a better player than Darnold. Uh, I just think that neither – I don't think there are very many quarterbacks who can elevate what the Panthers currently have on offense, which is Christian McCaffrey, uh, one decent deep threat, and then, you know, just, just like – terrible offensive line there's no time like yeah i like the i like the niners to win and i mean if we see sam darnold okay i, I just doesn't really mean much i just thought i would throw it out there considering how mediocre baker baker has been uh okay let's you want you want to talk exciting games so like this is such an interesting afternoon slate because 49ers panthers nfc nfc rivals um that's they're not the really NFC. rivals. No, I know, but they're in the NFC. Yes, have, yes, yes. We have the only undefeated team in the NFL left, Philadelphia Eagles. They're going to Glendale and taking on the Cardinals in uh, a very pivotal matchup, I think, for for both teams, really. Because if the Eagles get past this hump, like it's smooth sailing. They, they have a pretty easy schedule, if you really look at their schedule. So, I mean, can can they shut down Kyler? That's the big question. Can they stay undefeated and shut down Kyler Murray? Yes. I think so. Honestly, I I think the Eagles will win this one 20, 28-17. I just – I don't see a scenario – I feel like the Eagles are just such a complete team and the Cardinals are just too much of a wild card for me right now. I know that Arizona's at home. I just think the Eagles are that good. And therefore, I'm taking them to win 23-20. Good game, though. I I think this is going to be like Seahawks-Lions. I think there's going to be so many points on the board. Like, both teams are just going to completely shut down their defenses and be like, all right, let's see which team can score. (laughs) Makes sense. Makes sense. Cardinals defense already is mediocre, right? So it's just a matter of if the Eagles are going to follow suit. Uh, I'll say Philadelphia wins 37-28. And 37 28. Okay. Yeah, I, th- I think 11 is a good point differential because, um, th- I think that's nine, much. dude. That's nine. 37 yeah. 28. Oh my god, that's two times you're, I've been wrong on math. Your math has been just 
amazing today, my friend. I went to Arizona State. I don't. Do you should be. Yeah. Oh, garbage. Okay. That, that was a that was a dig at Arizona State, even though I have nothing against Arizona State. My aunt taught math at Arizona State. Shout out to Aunt Annie. Did she? <laughs> she actually did. That's the, really funny. The more you know on the Jew point conversion. That's amazing. Do you know when? Like what year? Or like years? Uh, it was like, like I know definitely 2007. Because that's when I went down there. Oh, nice. I did not know you you have stepped foot in Tempe, Arizona. That's Oh, yeah. It's been a while, but yes. Well, yeah, 2007 is uh, 15 years ago. I know that. That's math. Math. I do. I do good with dates. Uh, okay, so we're in agreement. Philadelphia stays undefeated. Uh, the 72 Miami Dolphins can't pop their champagne yet. And the game of the day: Dallas Cowboys traveling to Los Angeles, Inglewood specifically, to take on the Rams. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. I'm actually I'm considering going. Uh, I don't think I will because it's probably really expensive. It's going to kind of feel like a home game for the Cowboys. And I think this is kind of bold. I think Dallas wins it. I just think that defense is really, really good. I think the offense of the Rams is just not firing right now. I think Dallas improves to four and one and beats the Rams. Uh, By the way, uh, let's say, oh, let's say 27, 24. I want to go to this game just completely decked out in 49ers gear. I just think that would be so funny. You would be like uh, that episode of SpongeBob where they do the talent show at the Krusty Krab and Squidward just gets pelted with a bunch of tomatoes. Like You know, I've seen like two episodes of SpongeBob total in my life. You're canceled. No, I'm just kidding. I know, I know. Um, okay, well I'm I'm trying to piece together a metaphor because um if you were decked out in 49ers gear, you would get pelted with tomatoes on both sides. Because it would just be hilarious. Um, that would be, yeah, exactly. Also, that's my point. That's the point. Like, well, but also, know, both, like, I feel like both. I feel like both teams have beef with the Niners. But but also like don't do that when you go because I went to the Coliseum for a Colts Raiders game and I wore my Andrew Luck jersey and I got threatened in the bathroom. Oh really? That's hilarious. Yeah, I did. I mean, danger. Not. I mean, scary, but also hilarious in in some ways. Oh yeah, it's hilarious looking back on it. So. Oh yeah. But F- yeah. funny, not funny at the time, but funny now. Also, you should definitely go just so, just so I can say that I know someone there, and then we can maybe get you on TV. But probably, because cool. I, I I don't have. Dude, that I, 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 if I go, I'm gonna wear 49er shit, and you're gonna put me on TV whether y'all like it or not. Because why would someone wear a 49ers shirt at this game? I don't know. Um, but I probably I'm probably not gonna go, so it's okay. Well, you should. Um, I agree with you that it will be a essentially a Cowboys home game because Sean McVay has talked about it this week and said that they probably are going to use a silent count because of how many Cowboys fans are going to be at SoFi Stadium. I mean, the Cowboys train at in Oxnard during the offseason. Also, I mean, they're the Cowboys. They have all these fans that just kind of pop up everywhere. So, yeah, that, that that's number one. Number two, I talked about how Cleveland's going to play angry. I talked about how Tampa's going to play angry. You want to talk about the angriest team to lose last week? The Los Angeles Rams. They scored. Oh my god, they were just—they were so frustrated that game, but they looked bad, dude. They looked they, bad on Monday. They looked night. really bad, and the Cowboys' defense isn't like a step down compared to the 49ers' defense. But the main difference for me is that the 49ers have more familiarity with the Rams, considering their divisional rivals. 
The Cowboys have an outside looking in kind of mentality. And I think that the Rams get back to where they were. And this is probably That's a good where, point. This is where Cooper Rush kind of falls back down to earth because he's played I w- I don't want to say outstanding because the numbers don't show it, but he's played well enough to put his team in a position to win. And Yeah. The, yeah, the, yeah, the, I get, I get, the Rams I get, are going to do everything in their power to make him feel uncomfortable. And with that all being said, Los Angeles wins 27-20. Over Dallas. I'll, I'll say it's by a touchdown. CD Lamb's also on the injury report, by the way. So there is a chance that he does not play. But I think he'll I think he'll play hurt. So we'll see. That's that, that that's what I have to say about that. Let's shift the, it. L- let's shift our attention to Sunday night football, which will take place in Baltimore, Maryland, as the Ravens play the Bengals. Fun game. Two and two teams. Yeah, both teams, you know, not quite off to the start they want to be off to, especially the Ravens, you know. Well, I mean, both teams definitely not living up to their own expectations. Mm-hmm. So both teams will be both angry and hungry. I I like Baltimore to win because they're the home team, and I think that they're going to split this year. Um, but, you know, Baltimore's defense is definitely questionable. And, you know, the fact that both their losses, they've blown big leads – I'm not confident in this pick at all. However, I do think that Baltimore gets the win this time around in this division game. I'm going to say Baltimore wins it 27-23. Same score of Super Bowl 43. And, you know, just uh, another really good game between two divisional foes. What do you think? Yeah, I'm I'm going to take Baltimore also. I just – I can't see a scenario in which Cincinnati pulls this out on the road. I think – They've been mediocre at best, and they haven't done enough to project Joe Burrow. And the only reason why I'm really picking Baltimore is because this is going to be essentially a defensive tune-up because their defense has been awful, so putrid. And they are now playing on the highest stage on Sunday Night Football in mm-hmm. front of a packed house in m and Bank, in front yep. of a national television audience who has seen the defense implode each of the first four games which is why they're two and two. And Mm -hmm. I, I, I think this is it, man. Like this is the Ravens saying, we're going to wake up. We're going to be the team that we signed up to be. And we're going to, we're going to play really well. I want, I want to see how Marcus Peters does against Jamar chase. And I, I think it'll be high scoring, but I think the Ravens are going to win. And I think it'll be a defensive play that uh, ends up sealing the victory for Baltimore. So I'll say 28, 23 Ravens. 28-23 28-23 Ravens. 28-23 okay. Ravens. That's I like a, it. I like that it. Five, that's one, one point different for mine. That's a five-point differential, by the way, for my thing. Right. Um, math. Uh, all right, last Good game. job. Thank you. Yay. Last game that we have to talk about on this lovely Shabbat Friday evening, and that is Monday Night Football. As, bum, 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 bum. as, as two AFC West teams renew their rivalry. The Las Vegas Raiders traveling to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. Las Vegas picked up its first win of the season last week. And Kansas City, of course, scored probably one of the biggest wins last week as they beat Tampa on the road. Yeah, I mean, Kansas City just has the Raiders number. I would be very surprised if we get any result other than a win for the Kansas City Chiefs. 38 to 21. Oh, okay. I think the Raiders will get some 
they'll, they'll get their licks in, but the Chiefs will the Chiefs will be too much for them in the end. I think Legarius Sneed shuts down Devontae Adams. And if that doesn't happen, then it's basically just um a slugfest. And I see. that that that'll be the key difference to me. That the fact that the Chiefs have somebody to put on Devontae Adams. Uh even though the Chiefs secondary has been a little bit shaky and I'm not exactly sure what the Raiders will have in store, but Arrowhead is like, we talked about the Superdome being a really tough place to play. Arrowhead is definitely one of the most ferocious stadiums in the entire league. And on a Monday night, uh, as the calendar turns to very deep fall, um, it's not going to be good for Derek Carr. So I, I agree with you. I'll take Kansas city. I think they win 31 to 20. All right. So there you have it. That's uh, that's week four or that's week five. That's week five, Elijah. I, I feel bad that we spoiled the results for everybody, but you know, <laughs> well, we did not how it goes sometimes. We didn't because we disagreed on picks. So this therefore- is fine. okay, fine. Fair. I'm sorry Fire. that I spoiled. No, you spoiled it because you're going to be right this week. You're going to be, you're, you're going to be 16 and 0. You went fourteen and two last week. That was. That, I'm hoping. I'm just hoping that you're right about the, the Vikings. We're losing. Well, true. Yeah. Bear, Bears being the Viking. Also, we're both zero one to start. So you're already. Yes. Not 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 a great start. I think I'm gonna have a. I can see myself having a rough week this time, but I don't know. My my gut's just telling me to pick these games. So you're halfway to your loss total already. So, um, I mean, I hope for the sake of our friendship that you do well, but for the sake of the show and us going head to head on picks. Uh, that I win this week. Hopefully, if you win, you win by one, and it's because of the Bears game. That would be very fitting. I would, I would like that very much. Well, that would we'll be see. Nice. But you can follow Elijah on Twitter. Easy yes, long. you can. You can go look at all of the content that he posts on the Easy Sports Network, which is super dope. Also, didn't realize. I mean, maybe I did that. The Easy Sports Network symbol is just EA Sports, but it's Easy Sports. Shh, don't tell them. Oh my god. No, I wasn't It's a sorry. secret. Sorry. No, I'm I'm just kidding. It's not it's not it's not a secret. I can't uh, believe you didn't notice until just now, honestly. No, I probably didn't. I it, it probably just like went over my head. Um Yeah, exactly. Um you can follow me on Twitter, Noah Friedman underscore F-R-I-E-D-M-A-N underscore, and you can get the Jew Point conversion wherever you get your podcasts. I'm not even gonna mention a platform because if you're listening to us, you're already doing it right. So, yes, you are. In that case, um, Elijah, this was great. I'm glad we got to do a live episode of Picks. Um, maybe we can continue on with this, but the stars align for week five and maybe can continue throughout the season. We'll see. Yeah, dude. I mean, I'm down. Well, uh, hopefully, well, hopefully, yeah, hopefully we got more of these uh, in our near future. But with that, um, shalom, friends. Enjoy the football. Yes, that.